<laughs> so, so your so your pitch is this is where we should direct our um, fundraising efforts okay. uh, to allow the Gurkha factory to stay open. <laughs> yes, the Gurkha factory must stay open. Nepal must stay open. Hello and welcome to the Temple of Blet podcast. I'm Jim and with me is my co-host Raw. You right? You right? Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. You said? Yeah, I got fucking uh, Zerg rush last night. Nice. nice. Uh, because we've had that hot weather and then it was pissing it down over the weekend. Yeah. Um, I think yesterday might have been like an ant day, like a swarm day. <laughs> so I was just playing Dead by Daylight and I've got um, I've got like this neon Rebel Alliance light that's next to my PC. Yeah. Um, and I had that on. And I had like a bigger light on, and then I was turned around, and it was just fucking covered in flying ants. <laughs> Absolutely fucking covered. Did, did you use the good old um, air spray lighter method on them? No, I did the old housewife method of um, white vinegar and a bit of water. Ah, oh, okay, okay. Does that actually get rid of them? Yes, rid of everything, mate. You'll find anything right. you want to do when you like own a gaff and you take pride in your surroundings. It's like anything can be resolved with white vinegar and a bit of water. I did not know that. I'm not kidding, man. It's great. Like I wash my own windows because I can do it now. I don't have to trust anyone with a giant uh, telescopic um, <laughs> squidgy anymore. I just hang out the windows with a little fucking squirter gun of uh, vinegar and water. Does <laughs> exactly the same thing for thirteen pounds less and two hours nice more. Nice one. So you're just robbing a tradesman of um, food there, Jim, is what you're doing by being self-sufficient, you bastard. Well, if if Nigel Farage um, is right about anything. Let it be that uh, this country's been torn apart by cashing hand um, self-employed people and not multi-billion pound co- tax-avoiding corporations. So I'm doing my service for, uh, <laughs> for <Britain. laughs> the independence of the UK from okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> the working man. Different, different podcast, that one, I think. I think, we've got, uh, <laughs> I think we're going well off topic with that. I think we'll get into more trouble than we possibly would during the doing of this if we start going down that alley for definite. Oh, no, I'm taking a piss anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that vinegar and uh, water is a good shower. So what if it causes a second recession? <laughs> Third, aren't we in one already? That's true, yeah. Second in our yeah. lifetime, anyway. Yeah, uh, cool. Right, um, what are you doing? What, hang on, what, what are you? What Not my mate, Raw. Yeah. Um, what have I been doing? Uh, I have been at, the, been at the gym tonight, been doing some squats after doing squats all weekend. So it's just been a, it's just been a weekend of squatting, really. Fair enough. Yeah. I haven't got to um, proper, what is it, um, Life of Boris. I haven't got to the proper true Slav level of like squatting on cars and chairs and walls and all this stuff. You need maximum hip mobility for that. I do, yeah. I'm, I'm to hold working. it down for a number of hours. Yeah, I'm definitely working on that one. You have to relearn how to roll cigarettes as well with only the cheapest and harshest of tobacco yes. and I toilet still... paper because you can't afford tabs. Dude, I could still roll a decent cig. I can still roll a decent cig every... Anytime I go out and I've had a few and I see someone making a roll, I sort of like sidle up and like, here, mate, can I roll that for you? I'm like, why? It's like, <laughs> been, been four years off on pal, but I want to see if I've still got it, and then nah, <laughs> I've still got it. So, yeah, good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Should we launch into some metal news, some weekly metal news? Let's launch into some metal news, Jim. Do you, you want start, to start, mate? No, I'm going to say you start. Right, I, I did right. last week, didn't I? All right, cool. So I will start on this week's metal news. Um, so, Jim, a bit of a redundant question, but what do you feel about cults? Uh, I'm all for them, um, because most of them are sex cults, aren't they? Yes, most of them are. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for them, yeah. 
Okay, well, that's good, because The Cult and The Blue Oyster Cult have uh, new songs and albums out this week. All right, nice one. Yeah, I thought I'd find some cult-related news. I haven't listened to them. I haven't been bothered to find out what they're called. I just know they're there. So if you're interested in The Cult and The Blue Oyster Cult, you can uh, toddle off and do that. We should be, because they're from Bradford, aren't they, The Cult? The Cult are from Bradford. They are. Yeah. They are. Good old local lads. I have a tedious link um, here because I was listening to um, a different podcast, a better podcast, if you will, called um, Drum for the Song. And it's from uh, Phil Campbell's lad, Dane Campbell, and who who is a drummer in Phil Campbell's band. Um, And he was talking to Matt Sorum. And this is when I I started texting you about Velvet Revolver because I was like, were this band even any good at the time? Because I remember being pretty ambivalent at the time. I remember there was a few good songs. And I quite liked, for example, Set Me Free and, and things like that. But I wasn't, like, completely taken by it. But yeah. it turns out Matt Storm was in The Cult before he was in Guns N' Roses. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I think that might ring a bell somewhere, but I'm not too sure. Yeah. 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 So that's it. So, yeah, people people are interested in, in cults of any type. You've got some new music. Mate, if there's, any, if there's anything like Firewoman that can be... Um, another summer anthem for me. Chew. Happy to wear that for a Chew. wear that for three weeks. Yeah, yeah. She she sells sanctuary will have a special place in my art because um, it it sort of like really resonates with me because the first time I went to Vacken on a coach getting horribly drunk, they were um, playing as Green Street to keep us entertained, and mm. the, the the film was sort of like missed on a bunch of metalheads meant to feel like empathy and sorry for a bunch of chavs getting into scraps. It was it was it was lost in us in that respect. But just one of the songs on that is "She Sells Sanctuary," and that was like blaring out and just staring out this window whilst being madly pissed, watching Europe fly by on your way to get pissed in a field. It was, it was good. It was it was. It was, it was you, we, we would have dealt with that situation differently. I'd have been accusing everyone on the bus of being a fucking journo after watching Green Streets. <laughs> He's a fucking journo. Get him off. Let him off here, driver. <laughs> the drivers probably would have done because they were fucking mental as well. So yeah. That, He's that a fucking could... journo, isn't he? Uh, probably. <laughs> Fucking jerk. I've got one for you. Go on. Uh, horror icon Robert England has his own brand of coffee. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Fuck off. Which is hilariously ironic given <laughs> that Freddy Krueger is not known for wanting people to be awake. Ah. And the the brand is called Dead Sled Coffee. He's been working yeah. with actor Robert England to create new custom fra- uh, flavour custom coffee flavour for them, which is ironic as England is famous for portraying the horror icon Freddy Krueger. That's uh, from Arrow in the Head. Oh, interesting. No release uh, date yet, but according to the site, we're aiming to start it sooner or, uh, sooner rather than later. I'm all for, I'm all for like low stake celebrity branded products. Like I'm talking like fucking Michael Anthony from Van Halen's his hot sauce. Yeah. You've not the bar's pretty low there to get me to fork out the extra five that it'll cost. Mm. It's just a bit of a laugh, isn't it? Like I'm still, if it wants so well, I know I just, I just said I wouldn't mind forking out a certain amount of money, but I don't drink vodka, right? So Dan mm. Aykroyd's Crystal Skull vodka is still a little bit away for me. Mm. But I still want to, I still want to give it a good fucking go. Um, the one, the one I want, which I know I won't be able to get hold of because of expense and rarity, is a UFC fighter, philosopher, and metalhead Josh Barnett. He's uh, teamed up with a whiskey company to bring out Warbringer whiskey. No way. Yeah, the no, oh no, the brand's called Warbringer, and his was like the War Master edition. Yeah. So yeah, but Josh Barnett's a very, very interesting man. Like me and 
our mutual mate Bob came up with an idea for ale a few years ago called Ale Satan. I'm going to see if someone's taken that in since in the 13 years well, since we started it, uh, since we decided we wanted to do it. Me and my mates took that and we had it put on the T-shirts for the Rock Sock. Oh, that's good. That's an Ale Satan on it as well. But oh, we check it out. A- making the Ale Satan. Ale Satan Full Pint Brewing Company. Um, from Pennsylvania, United States. Oh, the Yanks are taking it. It's fucking useless now. Bastards. There's no value in that brand. Bastards. Absolutely. Right, anyway, that was my... It's not exactly a fucking metal news, but I thought it's worth noting. I think I think there's probably more people who'd be interested in, in Freddy Krueger's goddamn coffee than wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so is it my turn for... Um, yes. My turn for news as well? Um... Pete Ware, the original bass player from UFO, he's dead. Mate, you know what? I was about, I was, as I, before I started this this conversation with you, I was thinking, I might make a point about no one dying this week. Mm-hmm. But obviously, fucking Pete Ware died, didn't he? Yeah, Pete Ware died. Fucking shit. So if um, if you're not familiar with Pete Ware, um, Pete Ware even, um, but you've been to an Iron Maiden concert, so the song that which Maiden come on stage to is Doctor Doctor by UFO, and that was his. Mm. There you go. Coincidentally, um, that was going to be my um, good good memory of uh, the UFO song, Doctor Doctor. There's two. We need to discuss the other one because it might be my misplaced memory. But um, it's probably not. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, yeah, Doctor Doctor. First time song made in uh, Sheffield. Uh, that song came on, and I was looking up and saw this uh, couple uh, sort of like dancing and rocking out to it. And the reason I was looking up at this couple was because a funeral for a friend was supporting made in the nice tour. And previously, this couple had been holding up a sign that said, Funeral for a friend are shite. Oh. They hated funeral for a friend that much, they'd gone to writing it on a bed sheet, smuggling it into uh, the Sheffield Arena, and holding it up during their set. It's not very nice. What do you think of funeral for a friend? I think they're shite. <laughs> oh, I don't think they're shite. I think they're a pro- certainly a product of their time, and I think the latest stuff was a little bit more accessible for me. Mm. I quite, I quite, I quite liked it. That first song they brought out was good before every band started getting weird fringes and going blah 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 blah. But know. then they fucked it off straight. Weren't the second album? They made it a little bit more, um, a bit more melodic. Mm. Still, kind of similar structure and a similar sound. Mm. But they weren't leaning too much on the, those kind of post-hardcore, pre-metalcore tropes. Yeah. And I quite like that. I think the, the album was called Hours, the one with the the last on the front with the um, the bullet vest. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Which 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 shouldn't be allowed. There's, there's no place for bullet vests in emo music. You want another teeniest link? Another upselling someone else's fucking um, podcast. That Dane Campbell podcast, they actually talked to the drummer from Funeral for a Friend because they're from the same area. Oh. And he goes on about that Maiden tour, and it's pretty interesting, actually. Because mm-hmm. I think they were both... Obviously, Maiden and, and Funeral for a Friend were signed to Sanctuary, which was Rod Smallwood's uh-huh. um, label. So I think that's how they got picked for that, because it, it made sense, because you know, they were label mates. Yeah, it, it made sense, but it didn't make sense to... you know. 16-year-old Ross stood there in the crowd going, why the fuck are Funeral for a Friend supporting Maiden? <laughs> didn't make sense. Didn't make sense. That to was my first... Well, Funeral for a Friend were my first band, I guess, weren't they? Because I saw Maiden, and I saw Funeral for a Friend come on before Maiden, so I guess yeah. they'll, have, they'll always have that. Yeah, it's like technically my first gig was The Offspring, but the first band I ever saw live was the band A, who were supporting no The Offspring. Yes. A, A, F, I, and The Offspring. 
So, A, supporting Bowling for Soup in 2010. Fucking hell. This is just two old metalheads talking, isn't it? <laughs> That's what this is meant to be, isn't it? You know, like, when we when we used to go out drinking when we were, like, 17, 18, and then we'd yeah. sit down in a metal pub, and then there'd be someone like, I won't name names, but they were just like, fucking hell, I saw Scorpions back in 1985. Yeah, and we were just like, this is getting fucking tedious. Yeah, <laughs> now we're turning into that. <laughs> now we're turning into them, and we're being arrogant enough to feel that people want to listen to it. Yep. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna contest to that at all. <laughs> are, you, are you ready for my? Are you sitting down for my news? I I thought the Robert Englund thing was the. Oh uh, shocking fuck news. no! <laughs> well, you might shit yourself afterward. <laughs> right, you're right. Evil, evil, evil. Announce yeah. a new lineup and prepare their first album in seven years. Yes, I know. I read this the. Uh... I read this the other day, but like I said, I thought it was last week's news, so I didn't think it was. Uh, I think we missed the boat on that. Well, it was on Ultimate Guitar this um, this morning or this afternoon, and uh, as I sort of trailed back, it turns out Ultimate Guitar is, is quite slow on the uptake. But it, for hmm. me, it was news, and I had no fucking clue. But I looked at the um, they did like a band picture, and I was like, "Oh, look, it's Dave Carter," hmm. and then I, was like, I don't recognise any of these other cunts. Hmm. But I think it's because all Drake's gone from wiry. Counter-Strike playing, mm. cellar-dwelling, death metal mm. nerd, to presumably some sort of powerlifter. Yes, Aldrich's seen the light. Yeah. He's seen the way of iron and blood. But he's moving to vocals, and this is really interesting because um, the main criticism at Evil got, I, know, I wouldn't even call it criticism at all, it's just when you had that sort of new wave of thrash metal coming out with them, with yeah. Gamma Ray, with the Municipal Waste, People say that, and I don't necessarily agree, but I do get it, Matt Drake's vocals were the letdown a bit, and it's like, well, it's not... They weren't bad or anything, it's no. just that it, they weren't brutal enough, I don't think, for what yeah. the sound was going for. Um, and I was listening to Five Serpents Teeth, which is the third album that they yeah. came out with, and he's way more melodic. It leans quite a lot more onto like the power metal, like the more recent sort of power metal um, uh, melody lines, and he's a lot more dynamic, and it works really well. Uh, yeah. And, in this new article, uh, Aldrich saying that his his style is far less melodic, so it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Could end up with like a creator-ish kind of sound, maybe. Mm. But um, no, that's really good. That I've been fucking, we've been waiting to hear something for ages. Yeah. I went to, I tell you this, I went to my mate's uh, birthday in Brighouse last year, mm. and um, he had a band uh, play, you know, the usual fucking let's play Dakota by Stereophonics, and one of those bands. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that drum kit's a bit unorthodox. It's the Evil drum kit. Oh, and right. our, our pop's Ben Carter, and he's playing it. It's his dad's band. <laughs> All right. Okay. And, it just, and when he's home from touring, he plays in his dad's fucking cover band. So I, I walked up to him like when I took a break, and then he sort of gave me a nice warm embrace because I was like, oh, he must remember me from the old days. And yeah. he was like, ah, no, it was just because I was wearing a municipal we- uh, waist T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and he just understood his kind. Yeah, the International Brotherhood of Metal, Jim. That's the it. National Brotherhood of Metal. And that's the first time I heard that Aldrich was back in the fold because he was, because I was saying, you know, things are calmed down, what's happened with, you know, I yeah. don't know if they're still assigned to Earache or anything like that, but it's no, Aldrich's back into, back yeah. in the fold and was cracking on. It's like, all right, fair enough. Yeah. But this it's, is um, good. Yes, West Yorkshire's very own thrash metal soap opera. It's that. I'd <laughs> like to understand why Matt Drake's left because it started with Aldrich leaving and that seemed to be for health reasons, but then all put out like, a fucking like a black metal like a death black metal solo record like a guitar mm. um centered solo record and he's really like he's roots in the community like he's still like very well regarded uh by your metal ham a lot and your your general circles mm. so he's always been active 
Mm. Um, but again, I just I wonder what Matt's been up to for the last few years. Mm. This this could be a future quest. Yeah, and, I, and I'm I'm taking a particular interest partly because you know rose tinted glasses and all that stuff. They're local lads, and we know them mm. and all that stuff. Um, mm. But also because there was Talk that. About Shameless Jocko willing to rip off there. Shameless Jocko willing to rip off. <laughs> the, um, the thing I'm, I'm really interested in is that's probably the most seismic shakeup you've seen of any any sort of like new wave thrash band in the last sort of five years. <laughs> David Fuck off. Cover, cover the seismic shakeups of new no, wave thrash bands. It is, it is though, isn't it? Because, uh, no. Gamma Ray cracking on. They're still yeah. doing what they were doing. Municipal, municipal Waste haven't changed their colours or anything like that. The only real thing to come out in terms of thrash power trip. In the last mm. five years, good. yeah, yeah, they're really good. And then um, this has been like the most. It looks like Eval's just sort of like rearming itself, which is, and that thing. sounds pretty. Yeah, which is fucking good, good thing, because because everything else sort of petered out a bit. So I'm like, all right, yeah. well, if this is going to give me a little bit more thrash metal in my life, then yeah, I was I was watching um, I was watching Gladiator the other day, and I was thinking, you know what? I haven't listened to We Were About to Die for ages. Hmm. Mm. So I might have yeah. listened. Some more, uh, more evil. Yeah, man. Yeah, can't be bad. Okay, um, do you want to hear my next uh, segment of news? No, but I have a feeling you're going to tell me anyway. I am, I am, Jim. Yeah, um, it fits in with what we were talking about with a low-level, low-risk celebrity metal endorsement sort of thing. Eight breed. I've got a lager out. Fuck off. What's it called? (laughs) Live for this lager. It is available at shows that they're doing in a safe and socially distanced manner in America, but they said they might bring it out in cans. Fair enough. You know, I think there's a missed opportunity, like going max puttage on the beers. Like I had mentioned, I brought out the truth, but they should have called it the number of the yeast. Oh God, yes, number of the yeast has been brilliant. Yeah. I, I think they should have done a collaboration with Magnus Cider and just called it Can I Play with Magnus? Oh, why <laughs> would do that one? We can get um, Grand Magnus. Yes, Grand Magnus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going down a fucking rabbit hole. Here. It's, yeah. It seems like the 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 barriers to entry have sort of gone down a little bit in terms of uh, band sponsored beers. Hmm. I uh, quite a lot of them seem to have it on the go, which is good if it. Yeah, gets but, a little, a few more pennies on the, you know, at the gigs and things. Yeah, but the thing about Trooper was it wasn't a cheap cashing sort of thing. It was Bruce Dickinson like, I like ale, I like Robinsons, oi Robinsons, I'm Bruce Dickinson. Can we make a beer together? And they went, of course you can, Bruce Dickinson, because you're Bruce fucking Dickinson. Yeah, it's because he lives in Belgium, doesn't it? Don't he? So he just sort of rolls over and he can't roll over without hitting a brewery. So Bruce Dickinson lives in Belgium. It's probably one of his many abodes, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> he winters in Belgium. Plot twist. He lives in the caravan and he just keeps popping around Europe. <laughs> I have houses in Belgium and France and Germany as I know. You just got you just got <laughs> Max and Paddy Motorhome. <laughs> Bruce Dickinson has never been off tour since nineteen eighty two. So Bruce, you're coming home, yes, home. Yes, that thing that other people who aren't Bruce Dickinson have. Home is whether I tether my static home. <laughs> Homes wherever they've got one of them three pin plums can bang his giant yellow fucking adapter into. Home is where I turn over my chemical toilet. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, but. That's good, though. Yeah. 
that that is good to eight breed lager. It would be a lager as well, being eight breed, wouldn't it? That's that's smash. That's a smashing. That's like a smashing liquid, isn't it? It's not a slow considered ale or an IPA. It's just get it down your neck, you bastard. But these people want to get it down the neck. They're missing yeah. by doing the lager because it's fizzy. Get a fucking still cider. Get a seven percent still scrumpy. Sloss that down your neck, and then you can pit all night after one of them, really, can't you? Hmm. Yeah. No, they're probably like. Copy Kwani have the cider market cornered, I think. Oh god, copy cider. Yeah, copy cider would be a would be a brutal thing. Yeah, Fintroll tried to get on that market, but then they thought, let's go for Gin Troll instead. <laughs> Gin Troll, fucking hell. Oh, fucking hell, they've got a new song out. Oh, Fintroll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds exactly like the rest of it, yeah, which, yeah. By which I mean brilliant. Yeah, I um, last time I went to HRH Vikings, it was we got there that late. We'd essentially just paid for um, it, we essentially just saw a Fintroll gig with supports, so that was that was good. The supports were good though. Yeah, the supports were um. Oh god, Elven King. If you want to check check out Elven King because they're brilliant, and then Scalmold, who are also brilliant. Scalpold. Scalmold. Scalmold. All right, sorry. Scalmold. Yeah, who are um or Skolmuld. Um, I don't know if I'm ballsing up the Icelandic there, but yeah, uh, yeah they're uh, they are Viking metal, but the kind of not because the the. Ah, they're interesting. They're sort of folk metal, but without the folk instruments in a way. But you still get the folky thing, and they're just singing and talking Icelandic. They don't even, you know, they're not like one of these bands where they sort of like come on and try and broken English it. They don't even say that. They're just like, hello, Skalmold, and then just go <laughs> into it, and then that's all you get out of them, really. I like to think if you, if you sat down with them, they, they sort of realised that they were sick of all their other peripheral members turning up with violins and fucking different kinds of bodrons and drums and stuff and they're you know we're fucking sick of this yeah we're paying we're paying your tram here and you have to buy two seats because you've got to bring this fucking giant tuba machine yeah. or some shit let's just be a metal band that is a bit folky yeah um but then i might no, i swear that i swear they don't have a do they have a violinist i don't know and the, yeah check them out they're good i will yeah how many how many other news bits have you got I have got two more news bits. You crack on, because I've got nothing else, but I do want to talk about oh. our Bloodstock headliners, which I think we should slot in right at the end. Oh, in, slot in. At, the end, at the end of the news bit. Right, okay. I will save that for the uh, end of the news bit then. Uh, so my uh, other uh, other bit of news is um, it'll have a results week this week in, uh, in the Queen's glorious Britain. And uh, yeah, there's been a bit of this and this and that over it, a bit of controversy and a bit of like, oh shit, what grades do we give them and stuff? But despite all this, uh, one kid turned up to collect their level results in a homemade odorous urungus mask. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, pictures are on Instagram. I don't have the details because I'm prepared, but not that well prepared. But uh, I think the kid like got something like a. In the like art and design are like you know separate subjects. They got like a B and a D, yet they turned up in this spot on odorous from fucking gua mask. In a way, if you get that kind of profile, under any circumstances, it negates all the grades you have. Speaking as an adult who got mediocre grades and then went off to get a master's degree, I yeah. can honestly tell you that if I just rocked up and dressed as gua. Yeah, and what got into the paper? Everything that I would have done past that point would have been irrelevant to the job I, you know, to to actually getting into the work I wanted to do. Mm. But I think my my biggest thing about this isn't the um 
isn't the odorous mask or isn't the grades, Jim. It's uh, exams are getting too easy these days, Jim. Because I mean, look at this. They don't even have to sit the bloody exams, and they're getting marks from. Huh? Uh, it's not it's not your granddad's way of uh, grading your children is it no no No. sit down for a six-hour exam in latin no it's not like that anymore is it (laughs) i've been out of the i'm not gonna lie i've been completely out of the loop on this anyway what is it was it they were going they they kind of because of all the covid stuff there's no exams but they had to give the kids some grades and then what did they just balls it up like they always give some grades and there was something about a fucking uh a logarithm the algorithm or something like that was off. So some kids who were predicted A's got C's or something like that, and then they were all like, "What the fuck?" So they've had another look at it and gone, "Yeah, we balls." Is up. it a, a classic made in England error? I think it, I think it's a classic sort of like shit show of what all of this stuff has been, where it's fucking jump at the first course of action because something needs to be done rather than sit back, have a tiny bit of a think, and then do something else. Uh, it's interesting you say from, from that perspective, my perspective is we cock up until we wait for the Scottish to make the right decision on behalf of England and Wales, then make it look like it's a slow, considered effort, then do exactly what Scotland did about three <laughs> months later. Gay marriage, ban smoking, everything happens in, anything worthwhile happens in Scotland roughly three months before it happens in England and Wales. So you're saying Scotland is the, uh, mech- you know, Scotland is the place to be in the UK, is what you're saying. It's the pro- it's the progressive part of Britain. It's the Copenhagen of our country. Copenhagen of our country. <laughs> um, also, in my um, metal kind of metal news, I, I I sort of discovered this whilst looking for a metal news. Uh, there is a charity called uh, Metal for Nepal, which is encouraging metal people to help out um, Nepalese who have been left without food or water. Uh, due to the current crisis, which I say is a good thing, because that'll mean Nepal keeps on producing Gurkhas. <laughs> we want... feel, is this, this, is this news item <laughs> sponsored by Sabaton? No, this news item is, is, is sponsored by the Gurkhas. <laughs> <laughs> Sabaton have nothing to do with this. But what Sabaton should do is, and I thought, I didn't know if I'd like fever dreamt this or something like that, but Sabaton should write a song about the Gurkha who, um, when asked to provide evidence that he'd killed this Taliban leader instead of, instead of you know, taking a fingerprint or a picture, it cut off his head and took it to his commanding officer. That's so, almost paramount to uh, wearing a, 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 what is it, onerous? What's his name? Yes, Fucking yes, hell. Yes, yeah, onerous mask. Yeah, your youngest mask to, uh, to pick up your exam results. Pretty much, man. Pretty much. He sort of like they said they wanted proof, so he, he he lopped the guy's head off, took it back to his commanding officer. Who I, I want to imagine this commanding officer was the sort of like stereotypical 18th century English officer, like the locals are making a ruckus, then push them out the way. <laughs> pretty much that that sort of guy. Yeah. Whereas this Gurkha's just like, just do my job, pal. He's like, you want the proof? It's proof. Guy's dead. What's what's up? And he got in trouble. He got in trouble, but he's all right now. So there we go. <laughs> so, so your so your pitch is this is where we should direct our um, fundraising efforts uh, yes. to allow the Gurkha factory to stay open. <laughs> yes, the Gurkha factory must stay open. Nepal must stay a country so it keeps its awesome flag, which is the only non-rectangular flag in the world. Ah, oh, nice. Now, now, fact, now, flag facts are what I've fucking started this podcast for. <laughs> flag facts. Yeah. Random stories about military history and flag So facts. When, when do you have to tip? If, hang on, I'm going to fucking Google this. Gurkha the, flag. Yeah. No, the Nepalese flag, not the Gurkha. Oh, sorry, Nepal- Nepalese flag. 
because I want to know what they do if they're in distress. All right, yeah. So if they turn it upside down in, in distress, it's pretty obvious they're in distress. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not as non-symmetrical. Yeah. yeah, no. The, the Gurkha flag is just um, two crossed cookeries along with the piles of people, along with the list of countries that never, ever, ever want to go anywhere near Nepal again. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. So, so yeah, uh, the the metal for Nepal thing. If you want to, uh, if you want to help out and keep Nepal Gurkha, <laughs> I'm more fascinated in like the chain of causation which led us. Because not that I, not that I don't think it's a worthwhile cause. It's just that in the context of everything that's going on, there's typically a number of degrees of separation between us and the Gurkhas, and I feel like that bridge has been gapped. <laughs> Sorry, that gap Jim, has been bridged um, Jim, <laughs> rather Jim, abruptly. You, you you told me to, Dave, go find some metal news to talk about. I was looking for metal <laughs> news. I saw this metal for Nepal. I went, what's metal for Nepal? And I'm kind of like, oh, wait a minute, don't the Gurkhas come from Nepal? I am 100% behind this cause. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Right. So, Jim, what's the news item that I've saved to last that you wanted to talk about then? Uh, it's fucking Bloodstock, isn't it? It is Bloodstock. Oh, fucking hell. So, the reason I sound slightly more excited than I normally do under any circumstances is because I feel like the best weekend of my entire life was in 2016 when we went to Bloodstock. And it was one of those where I think I just had enough disposable income not to care about anything, not even my well-being. Yeah. So, everything went in a locker. And then the weekend happened, and a number of things happened, which were just absolutely brilliant. No one got hurt. Everyone had a good time. <laughs> I no, I didn't get hurt doing that wrestling, did I? No, I no, no, we, no, none of us did. But we all got filmed by what's his name J- and Danton from Dirty Sanchez. That was the highlight. Yes, yes, that was our that was our quest to try and meet Pyrohex one that year. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm drifting off into like memory land. Point oh. being. We're going Bloodstock next year, and it's going to be fucking brilliant. So Hell Bloodstock yeah. this year, this year got cancelled um, due to due to unforeseen uh, chemical and viral circumstances. So they're knocked into next year and added a day on. So Bloodstock are going full European. They are yeah, going full European. I said I could Wacken starts on the Thursday and ends on a Saturday, doesn't it? So God knows when Wacken ends. <laughs> Never ends really. Never ends. Never really. Okay, so is forever. <laughs> so so you'll you'll find a. a pretty comprehensive copy and paste of last this year's lineup into next year with the notable exception of there is no behemoth on the Saturday night Which uh, but we are getting merciful fate and doom so you're getting a twin pronged um, Scandinavian attack yes a bit of grandma and then seeing how bad Dimu are these days because I used to love Dimu but their last two albums have been a big massive disappointment well they kicked out ICS Vortex didn't they so it's like that, well there's your entire that, appeal that, gone it's like that, when Jerry left your spy skills, mate. There's just what's the point? Yeah, that was that was when they started going uh, going very much downhill. But yeah, Bloodstock will be um, will be awesome. I feel as though like like last week when it was uh, Mister Mister Mark Alley, I feel as though that every every couple of weeks I will be shouting to Vicky Hungerford through the ether to uh, uh, put on weird bands that I've seen because it's it's. You've you've given me a microphone. You've given me the entire world to shout at, and that's what I'm going to use. Hey man, last week I made a prediction, didn't I? I said that that um, that band from Iran who who are now on the run. Yes. Nope, not trying to like make it rhyme. Uh, Arsimes, uh, they're going to be on. I'm predicting that Bloodstock will take them on. Yes, on the, like the second stage or something. And I reckon this week my Bloodstock prediction will be uh, Evil. Mm. Everything's lining up in it. 
Mm, possibly. Possibly. Okay, the mainstay, so, mate. They're a mainstay. They are. Definitely. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be silly. The silly tent is looking very silly. Yep. The silly tent's looking very silly. Uh there's gonna be some good days like we covered last week, the Phil Anselmo Pantera set and shit. That's gonna be that's gonna be cool if it still does it. Here's a here's a, con- a controversial question for the masses, but not for me and you. Are you bothered by Devin Townsend? I am not bothered by Devin Townsend. I will possibly go. I will possibly go see Devin Townsend, but I am not a massive Devin Townsend devotee. Even this though, even though the strapping young lad bonus DVD that it did at download, me and my mate watched that to death. Mm. Because he is a hilarious man on stage, but I don't know if that was just with SYL, whereas Devin... I, oh, I don't know, but oh, do I want to be in the crowd if he plays Vampira and he gets the entire crowd doing the Vampira weird joggy on the spot dance? I think I, he, he's get a, I, I remember yes. reading something about... must have been about a year ago, where he is starting to bring more SYL stuff into his set, which he'd normally, like, he Ooh. wouldn't bother with. Um but uh, I don't. I don't want to go and see a guy just on the promise that he's going to play some SYL. Not that I don't really listen to a lot of Devin Townsend stuff. Is it's not prog, is it? Is it prog, or is it, it experimental stuff? Or is it? it it's Devin Townsend. He's a bit of a mad bastard, isn't it? So it is what if, it is. If you want to see some trippy man, go and listen to Steve Vai's album from the early nineties. I'll I'll find the name of it because um, yeah. this is it has a, a nineteen year old Devin Townsend singing on it. Yeah, I knew there was some sort of Devin Townsend Steve Vai connected. But um, Devin Townsend must all appeal for me when he cut off his skull. It. Yeah, yeah. Not that we should. You know, I'm not. I'm, I feel like we're setting an impossible standard to for, to win our admiration, Dave. I just think I think with Devin Townsend, there's a, there's a fuckload going on, and I'm just not caught up with it. And as mm. such, it might be easier for me to check out whoever's on the same time, which is Bloody Wood. You do want some Bollywood metal in your life? Some what wood? Some some, some Bollywood what? metal? Is that Bollywood metal? But Bloodywood are Bollywood metal. They are Fuck yes. They are an Indian band who basically do like Bangra and Bollywood metal. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, right. So now that's fucked everything, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Go see Phil Anselmo. Go get a Route 50, 52 and go see some Bollywood metal. Yep. That sounds like a fucking evening to me, Matt. Huh. Uh, but yeah, the lineup's pretty sick. So Friday uh, in on the big on the big boy stage, Devon Townsend. Uh, Saturday, Merciful Fate, and then Sunday, Judas yeah. Priest. Fifty heavy metal years, but at this point, it's more like fifty-two in it because they kept trying to go on tour with Ozzy, but he kept uh, knocking it on the head. Yes. I mean, are people's ears going to be? Are we all going to be like at the hearing level of dogs after seeing Merciful Fate and Judas Priest, like with all those <laughs> eye notes? We're, we're metalheads. We're not properly used to that. No. No, we are not. No, we are not, no. Uh, but, Jim, talking about Dimu, uh, does uh, segue quite nicely into Blaze. Oh, go on. Because, you know, last week I was trying to figure out which Dimu song had the bleh in it. Mm. It turns out it is um, it is about six or seven Blaze. Shitting hell. And the song is called, and I will turn my phone down so it doesn't blast off there so we don't get any uh, copyright shit. It is called, and I apologise to all Scandinavians who might listen to this for my butchering pronunciation, but it is called Alla Helgen's Dud i Helvedst Rika. 
which I, when I was in Norway, I had a Norwegian bloke translate that for me, and it means all angels die in hell's fire. Fucking A. Yep, and there is uh, approximately five to eight bles at the end of the song. I made a note of that. You might have heard me typing in the background. I'm definitely yeah. going to check that out. Yes. Just, I'm, and- I'm, all, I, don't, I don't know what's happened to me in the last week, but I'm like, I've gone full bleh. I'm like, right, I'm taking mm-hmm. notes of all the great bleh. Yeah. And we're and making also- this thing. The uh, start song off of a uh, death cult, which is I will just double check what that's called. I think it's Allegiance, but bear with me. Uh, yep, yeah, Allegiance off a of death cult Armageddon also has a bleh in it too. You know. We're not trying to chronicle every bleh. We just want the best. Well, I'm just uh, this is this, a is, new... this is for everyone else's benefit, not for yours. You know this. Yeah, yeah. This is just a new concept to everyone, really. So I think we're trying to properly like find we, we can't, you know, work out what's the best. There's bleh, the creme. You know? There's a creme de la creme, and there's the bleh de la bleh. <laughs> the bleh de la the bleh de la bleh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the French one. To all the French people listening, correct us if our pronunciation is wrong. I believe it was bang on. <laughs> but yeah, there's a, there's a shit ton of bands I've never heard of, which is what makes a good lineup for you. Because for me, it's like half and half. If I've heard of like over 50% of the bands, great. But if I've heard of less than 50% of the bands, perfect. Because I don't want to be stood in the field all day watching mm. just the main stage going, this is fucking great. Because I've done that before. I've done that on like, I think it was like yeah. 2006 download where it was just, I was there on the Saturday when Metallica played and it was just like, bang, 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 all good bands, fantastic, having a great time. Yeah. But since then... People have given certain festivals shit because it's like, oh, this lineup's shit. You know, these 10 <clears> bands are fine, but the rest is bollocks. But my yeah. best experience has been milling around looking for bands I've never heard of that sound a bit of a laugh, like Huntress. Yeah. I just stumbled upon them at Download 2013. Oh, it was like, fucking hell. Like, I don't know, man. It, it just happened. Bit. I was extremely happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a sad to hear that because it was just after Bloodstock about a couple of years back on it that Jill Jamis killed herself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But um, getting back to the festival, um, I like festivals where it's. I do like a good lineup, but I don't like it to be a chocker lineup because then that eats into sat in a campsite chatting shit time. Mm. I like I like treating yep. festivals like a job, sort of thing where my job is drinking nine to five, and then I'll think about go seeing bands so the bands are my evening entertainment. One of the better ones was it was me, Bob, and Brock, and we went to Bristol like two years on the trot. And we used to get up at like 11 and we used to just walk down the road out of Bloodstock, down the road, by about a mile and a half, two miles to a pub and just sit there until the band that we wanted were on and then walk back to the site. <laughs> and I, me and Brock got uh, shit-faced one morning and kept screaming painkiller and nearly got kicked out because it was only like a gastro pub. It wasn't like a local pub for local people. It was a nice family setting. <laughs> like us before Slayer in Manchester. Yeah. Or in that TGI <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so Bloodstock is uh, <clears throat> is going to be good. But, yeah, you need you need that healthy mix of sort of like, oh, there's, there's six hours drinking time, then I'll get up off my seat and go see a band. But in that six hours, if someone suggests, Dave, do you want to come see so-and-so, the X, Y, and Z, I'll go, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll check my can with me on neck here. I'll go see this band, yeah, why not? So I'm, I'm free and easy. It's not as if I, I have to, you know, booze at certain times and then carry on boozing watching bands at others. We have to innovate further to keep the um, the mobile Bloody Mary bar 
cool. We, we do have to innovate with the mobile Bloody Mary bar. Like I said, yeah. it's yeah, we'll find a way. We'll find a way, don't you worry. Brilliant. Fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I can't I can't wait. Even though it's like a year away, it's like mm. this year's gone fairly quickly, so I reckon. Yeah, we've been around. we've been cheated out of uh sitting in the sun getting hammered, so we need to uh we need to redo that. Yeah. Are you looking at any other festivals next year? Um, no, I'm uh, I'm trying to do one fest. See, we're not doing Hammerfest anymore because they've moved it way, way, way down south. And uh, it's just too much effort to get there, whereas Wales was inconvenient for everyone, whereas down south is uh, convenient for us uh, northern folks. So, yeah, we're not having it. But um, I'm doing Vikings at the end of this year. You know, good old, uh, yeah, good old HRH Vikings. Who's playing that? Uh, I have no idea. I just paid twelve quid for booking fee ticket. Um, let's have a look at this because it's it's yeah. It's I'm having a look. Yeah. Oh, Enspherm, Copper Clarny, Bernie Witches, yes. uh, Skyforger. Skyforger, uh, yes. It's still at O2 Academy Sheffield. Yeah, that's if it's still on because of all this uh, shit that's going on. Uh, chemical <laughs> warfare. Yeah, saw saw are good. Saw are really yep. good. They're from. They're from Scotland. They're good. Um, fire, fire thing. They're they're good too. Um, yeah, and uh, Valafar who were playing. They're a band that um, I used to work with. Someone who knows the uh, guitarist in Valafar, and I kept on saying I'd go to see him at every festival I've been to, and um, I've never actually been to see Valafar. So there we go. I've been getting drunk oh, so you could say that you never got close you got yeah. Valafar hey. so yeah apologies to any of uh, Valafar if you uh, listen to this I'm really sorry guys I've, uh, I've I've just ditched you so many times without you knowing it you fucked him mate don't try and don't yeah. sugarcoat right. you fucked him yeah. I fucked Valafar not... now now you've been you know thrown to the mercy of a virus to whether you can see him or not this is very true so I think when all this is over I do owe Valafar I do owe him a do all my watch being good old Yorkshire lads as well so <laughs> yeah we need to do that I think yeah yeah should we move on to our feature we should move on to our feature, <laughs> feature. I'm calling them features mate <laughs> okay yeah yeah the feature yeah we'll right you've got a bug to bear if I'm not uh, mistaken I do yeah it's one of Dave's many many um, silly bugs to bear and this is uh bands who name a song after himself and then name the album after himself. Like, why? Why the fuck would you do that? The example... Go on, then. I'm just saying... Give the the examples, go on. The example is, you know, the song Black Sabbath off the album Black Sabbath by the band (gasps) Black Sabbath. What's wrong with it, though? Because they nicked it from a film, didn't it? Didn't they? Yeah. they oh, no, no, it's, no, it's not. It's not about nicking it from wherever. It's just the fucking sheer laziness of kind of like, right, what are we called? Cool. Right, what are we going to do? Should we write a song? We'll write this song. And we're going to call it about ourselves. I can accept that. I can accept that bit. But then just going, oh fuck it, let's call the album Black Sabbath as well. It's like, no. I find, I find like if everyone has like their first album named after the band, and you have a song mm-hmm. on the album that's named after the band, fine. If if it's on the first album, yeah, great. But when you're sort of halfway through your career, and I'm mm. looking at you, Lama God of Metallica, coming out with a self-titled album. Mm. It demonstrates to me a lack of direction. Obviously, it's bollocks. I'm, t- I'm tra- talking absolutely out my ass because the new <laughs> fucking Lama God albums kicks tits. But when you go from something like, all right, Master of Puppets, Justice for All, Metallica, it's like, okay, well, 
Yeah. Where were we going with that? It feels like you're going back to square one in terms of like a uh, an aesthetic discography sort of trajectory. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like you wouldn't catch Dragon Force fucking doing that. They'd be doing Hellfire fucking power tits and stuff like that. Yeah. They wouldn't dare call themselves right now. It's calling album Dragon Force. Yeah. So oh. I, I don't mind it for the first for the first album. Yeah. It doesn't break the flow for me, especially when they don't know what the sounds like. You know what I mean? Because if you mm. if you really if you really stuck into your fucking guns and you, you knew what, where your sound was taking you, you could probably like pitch a million and one song and, and album titles like yeah, for that's, years that's to come. I mean. That's what I mean. Where it's like it's like the fall back one, and it's like you know, it's like it's like the line that always sticks with me. With that is, it's kind of like yeah, going off course, but it's it's similar to like that bit in um, some kind of monster when Etfield's talking about you know he came back with all of his songs. Lars said they were shit. So he went back to the cave and like wrote the best songs he could, but the best songs he could write were Sin Anger. Right. You know, it's that it's that sort of thing of like, you know, possibly going a bit up your own ass naming the album and band and song after you are but so far up your own ass you've forgot ideas. Sin Anger's an interesting one though, because I think we're moving into a space of like is is there a risk in committing yourself to naming a song or an album at the time this thing is it a risky is it a risky move when time lasts forever so say anger came out and everyone was like this is shit but like yeah. when we saw metallica last year yeah. it went down fucking really well because obviously it's been like 15 yeah. years since it came out so there's like almost a weird sort of niche mm. cult thing mm. following around yeah. it. it's, kind of the, a- it's like any album though there's the goods there's some albums which are Every song on them is an absolute fucking banger, and it's fucking brilliant. And there are others where there's it's a bad album, but there's good songs on it. Like Motley Crue's "Girls, Girls, Girls." Motley Crue themselves have said that the album "Girls, Girls, Girls," the two good songs on that, are "Girls, Girls, Girls," and "Wild Side." The rest of it's shit. Mm. That's from their own mouths. Somewhere in the dirt, that line's there, going, "Yeah, we were far too off our tits to do this." So, you know, there could be good songs that are fan favorites off of shit albums. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know what? There's, I'm, I'm moving into a different. I'm moving into a conversation about Weezer here, <laughs> because the, the point now I'm trying to make. To talk about Weezer. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is, like, Weezer obviously were, were cracking sort of post grungy alternative band in the early mid '90s, and mm. that's kind of what they were known for. And mm. then since then, they've never picked a lane and stuck with it for more than two albums. Mm. And I think, and to the point where you've got sort of pop punky stuff, you've got sort of like 2000 synthy pie music and stuff mm. like that. But they came out with the White Album in 2016, which was like bang on. This is kind of the post grunge stuff we're known for. Mm. And then immediately took a fucking left turn on the next album, Pacific Daydream. Mm. Um, and they went back to kind of like through the cookie, cookie cutter kind of sort of middle of the road LA rock songs and mm. I I I'm just completely frustrated by the reaction to these because everyone's like oh Pacific Daydream it's fucking it's not as good as the White Album it's fucking shit and it's like don't you see it they're doing it deliberately can you not see that they're doing this completely on purpose they're just mm. trying to entertain themselves because at the end of the day they're running on like an 18 month um, album cycle which is like motor red fucking metabolism yeah. for churning out new music so sure, i think what sure. they're what they're doing is they're deliberately going let's just do what entertains us this week and get an album out this week because they know yeah. in 20 years time we'll look back on it fondly yeah that's that's you know the that's, stakes that's, it, it lowers the stakes of what they're doing yeah. and i think that's fucking great 
Yeah. Because but, one, yeah. Like this again. This is back onto fucking when I was talking to you about Velvet Revolver. Do I think Velvet Revolver weren't as good at the time because the stakes were too high? Mm, if they fucking, if it felt like it slowed down and if if it felt like ah, oh, it's just slash dicking about um, mm. with his mates, it would. I probably would have accepted it a, a lot more than I, not that it's a bad album or anything. Mm. I just didn't. I just don't seem to follow it in with as much enthusiasm as other people do. And when I listen to Slash's stuff, like his solo stuff from the 2010s onwards, it's loads, for some reason, for me, it's loads easier to digest and I can just bang it on any time and I really enjoy it. Mm. So, really, to bring it back to what the question is, oh, not, not necessarily a question, but the bugbear, <laughs> before they can establish a position where they can lower those stakes and mm. before they have any idea what they are as a band, I'm mm. fairly happy for, for everyone to just go for the triple band song album name it after you yeah, yeah. i'm all right with that i think I again it. if they're doing it mid-career it's just a missed opportunity yeah i mean, it's it's one of these where it's like you know if you tell me this you know there's the rationale behind it but i would i will also accept it if there is a story behind it you know like you know i can just imagine lemmy sat there going right lem what we call this band is like well you know my favorite song back in auckland was fucking motorheads who were motorheads and right cool what we're gonna call first album fucking motorheads yeah, that's that's sort of thing. It's fine because you know you're off your tits on speed and JD, so that this mm. is acceptable. Whereas if you just sat there, you know, having this sort of like epiphany moment sort of thing, it's it, you know, it's it's fine. Whatever bands can do what they want, yeah, that's all cool. But you know, you have this epiphany moment, but at the same time, it's a bit eye roll, like, oh right, okay, you're doing that. Because but my point about this entire thing is that I do think that the song Black Sabbath by the band Black Sabbath is like where that song is that band. Mm. So I think that's it. It's like, describe Black Sabbath. It's kind of like, well, you'd have to describe them. First off, you'd use that song Black Sabbath because it just sets the tone for their entire career. So yeah. that's the acceptable one. Whereas, I don't know, others, it's a bit eh. What about Heaven and Hell? Because it started out as Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath with Dio, but then they had to retrofit the name in 2006, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Does it become annoying to you then? <laughs> Does it become annoying to you? Um, I, I, no, not if the, yeah, yeah, maybe because they could have thought something bloody different, couldn't they? In that instance, yeah, true. Yeah. I suppose. But, do you know? Um, interesting. You know, getting as a, uh, do you know, as the most uh, unique and talented and interesting band to uh, do the triple. Give it to me, Mister Blobby. <laughs> <laughs> Does it count for one hit wonders? Or does it count for, for, oh, for Mr. legends? No, no, no. Mr. Blobby had two songs, actually, because he had a oh, Christmas yeah. song called Christmas in Blobbyland. Holy shit. So, yeah, it was it was Mr. Blobby with the song Mr. Blobby off of the album Mr. Blobby. Com- no, sorry. Uh, what the fuck What the fuck's them two dots called? Colon. The album is what it was called. So that's <laughs> still two dots. <laughs> so that still counts as a triple to me. So, yeah. Here's think- a question. <laughs> Right, so Mr. Blobby kind of like is taking up my entire bandwidth of a Saturday night from when I was like, you know, three to eight. What yeah. the fuck was Noel's house party about? I have no idea what Noel's house party was about. I remember it being with Mr. Blobby, and Mr. Blobby obviously stole the show because the only fucking thing I can remember. Yeah, there was there was something about where Noel Edmund snuck into your house and did something to you. I don't know. That maybe that's where Crinkly Bottom came from. I have I have no idea. <laughs> It's not like when sneaking into your house and doing things to you. <laughs> I didn't say it was uh, his house party. No, uh, it's, so much, it's like me and my, my mate of mine at, um, at school, he always had the theory that, uh, you know, deal or no deal. 
Yeah. When he's talking to the banker, it's it's not Noel Edmonds talking to a banker about money. It's just some pervert on the end of it going, no, no, I'm going to screw you, no. I'm going to make you feel dirty, no. And he's going, ha, 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 Oh, very <laughs> interesting. Yes, very interesting. That's, uh, that's, uh, that was his theory on it. And I, for one, uh, fully believe in that theory. Well, you gotta you got to inject some of the interesting things in life, even if they're absolutely not true. This is, yeah, this is it. But you know, I'd like to think that the banker is actually just a dirty, dirty pervert who just shout things at Noel Edmonds, and Noel Edmonds just sits there and uh, laughs it all off while his soul dies a little bit inside. So, in a, um, in a sort of like, <laughs> in, an <laughs> in an adjacent move to the, to your to your bugbear, what about bands that name themselves after other bands' things, like <sighs> um, Bonded by Blood, that kind of stuff. Yep. Oh, that's another thrash band. Another thrash band from yeah. 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 That's uh, some it's, it, yeah. Well, I, uh, it's one of them where it's like bonded by blood. I mean, the you know, it's named after the Exodus song in it. Yeah, song and album. Mm. Named after the Exodus, and I can't, that's sort of like a little. That's sort of like a little nod because they are very Exodusy and thrashy. It's like you know, giving, giving you know your kid your granddad or your dad's middle name is your middle name sort of thing it's that it's like it's like i know i like that because it's like the icelandic naming tradition where it's like you know you, it's your dad's name with son or dottier on the end of it it's like yeah they're, but they're continuing the lineage so yeah if that would be true if there was if the band itself was emulating the vein of its namesake yeah. like overkill yeah. Which named after Motorhead and Overkill. Overkill aren't really anything like Motorhead, though, are they? Well, I don't know. The song's pretty thrasher. Mm. What, Motorhead? Oh, they Overkill the song being thrashy, yeah. Yeah. It depends how much you buy into it, right? So it, <clears throat> if I... Maybe I'm expecting too much for Overkill to sound too much like Overkill or to sound like Motorhead in general. Mm. Uh, I don't, uh, yeah, I know what you mean, but... There's there's bands which name themselves after other bands' things, and then there's Panzer Division Marduk. Yeah. There's like so like there's I'm happy to lean further towards Panzer Division Marduk because that's a peel that's come straight out of the gate. Something's going on here. Yeah. My, my my mind's going absolutely haywire trying yeah. to imagine what the fuck Panzer Division Marduk is. Now what's it's Marduk from? Is it from Tekken? Is 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 from Marduk from Tekken? I'm not not in not in that context, but no Marduk is a Babylonian god. Google it. Marduk is a Babylonian god. Oh, you know your stuff. I do know my stuff, Jim. I I'm, sure he was like, I'm sure he was a character in Tekken or something. No, I don't know. Um, speaking of Marduk, I do like Marduk's newer stuff, um, especially that weird song about an horse. My lovely horse running through it, it the... It is that, but it's like the black metal version of that. I will find you the name of the song. I was sat there listening to it in the car like, what the fuck is this? I kind of like it, but um, I, I don't know. Uh, what was it called? Equestrian Bloodlust. That was it. <laughs> Equestrian Bloodlust. It's a new I, Olympic sport, that. Yeah, it's like they've gone very World War II-y as well, so, but I have no idea where that song came from about fucking, you know, the, the, to, to my knowledge, there wasn't that many great cavalry charges in World War Two, but apparently they just wanted to write a song about fucking horses murdering folk. I'm in. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Oh yeah, I've got a redaction to make, which I've already made you aware of. Ooh. So you know that um, uh, 
sub vortex I was on about last week. Well, oh, I thought yeah, I made yeah. it, I'd innovate yeah. it to a point where they yeah. they play speakers in a circle and create like uh, trying to move the sound as much yeah. as possible. Um, so it wasn't Iron Maiden. It was a guy called Dave Rat. He's a sound engineer who's um, fucking brilliant. He's like worked with Chili Peppers, worked with Soundgarden. He's worked with all sorts, <clears throat> and um, he also invents a lot of gear, which is awesome. He invented this thing, which um, was he invented it on the Blink One Eighty Two reunion tour. That's by the by. What he did was. He basically positioned the speakers so that the waveform would cancel itself out on mm. the stage and behind the stage, but it was also optimally placed to spread the sound around the arena, the venue, whatever it is. Mm. So when you're on stage or backstage, you weren't getting a lot of fucking sub for no reason. Mm. You weren't getting like a... Because it was all cancelling each other out because of where he's placed them. Yeah. Interesting. So, the kind of shits on my theory last week of Iron Maiden being, being key innovators across yeah. like metal Blink 182. Yeah, yeah. Aren't I a prick? Yes, you are. Yes, right, sir. we're going to wrap this up then because we are both actually pricks, really, aren't we? Um, yeah, last, I'll move on to the, the final famous segment, which is what the fuck you up to? Yes, what the fuck am I up to? Um, yeah, what are you doing? Like, are you listening to our reading out? Um, well, I am um, going on my in my quest for the Blez. I did bang on Death Cult Armageddon down the gym to try and remember which one had all the fucking Blez in it. And uh, yeah, I realised that Death Cult Armageddon is still a really, really fucking good album. Um, in terms of reading, I am still going my way through uh, Waterloo, and I've got to the bit where um, now, Jim, you'll find this interesting because I remember you uh, telling me about this. Uh, the bit where Sergeant Ewart text the eagle oh, because, no way. because the pub's called Ensign Ewart but he was given his battlefield commission after he took it back to Brussels for his uh, conspicuous bravery so at the time he was a sergeant but the pub is called Ensign Ewart because that's what he was when it all hit the papers and stuff yes fucking there brilliant that is. For, for, for context if you've ever been to Edinburgh on like, the main road on the way up to the castle Royal there's Mile. a pub called the, the, uh, the, yes, the that's uh, why I'm telling them it's the Royal Mile so they can go there and go okay, let, let me rephrase it all then on the road leading up to the castle that's full of pubs it's known as the Royal Mile as yeah. you approach the castle and before you hit the Scotch whiskey experience on the right there is a pub called the uh, in, the Ensign Ewart which is named after a soldier who nicked the um, Imperial Eagle. It's, it's named after a cavalryman who valiantly claimed that the Eagle at Waterloo Gym nicked. <laughs> he gave it the old uh, half-inch, didn't he? <laughs> he gave it the old fucking half-inch and told after Brussels. It's, it's, one, it's a cracking pub, and secondly, it's like proper tourist bait. And the reason I say that is because they've only got the most Scottish people behind the bar. It will be a ginger man with the biggest beard. <laughs> Does he have that Edinburgh accent that people can actually understand rather than the Glaswegian I want to kill you even though I'm just saying that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. My, my Very funniest, accessible. Yeah, my funniest experience of the Glasgow accent was um, New Year's Day in Glasgow. We'd been on the piss. We'd been to the cat, eh, as you do in Glasgow. And we're walking past his spoons and we just hear this voice go, Jackie Wilson, you fucking can't. <laughs> and we just sort of turn around and go, shit, what's going to happen here? And the guy shouted out, Jockey Wilson, you fucking cunt. Looks at the guy who was presumably Jockey Wilson goes, I ain't seen you fucking ages, pal, how you doing? <laughs> just bear hugs him, but it just sounded as though it was going to be a sort of like Glasgow kiss getting glassed in the street on New Year's Day. But it was, it was some two men uh, just, just being bros and just, you know, doing, doing their shit. They probably have a similar experience when they come down to like fucking Huddersfield. Mm. It's like, ah, double your piece of fucking shit. <laughs> Get here. 
sat and seen you around for a while, you knobhead. <laughs> My equivalent, well, it's not equivalent at all. It's uh, something that me and the missus do sometimes is we try and quote or try and summarize plots of films uh, in the voice of Billy Connolly, and our favorite one to do is uh, District 9. <laughs> <laughs> so I went down to the, uh, uh, the old District 9, and I saw that Bill was a spaceship, but he was a fucking prone. <laughs> he was a fucking prone. It's all in that cadence that... It's I saw he's a fucking prone. You have to tilt your head. Yeah. Like, you have to bring it, your, your chin close to your your, um, your chest. It's a yeah. fucking prone. Yeah, I've just, uh, this isn't going to work, but what's Billy Connolly stand up recently? It's the one where he's going, you know, I, I told my kids that, you know, to see when I'm getting really old, just to shoot me. And the signs are, you know, when you put a spoon to your mouth and, and your tongue comes out first before it gets there. It's like, is it? <laughs> It's genius. It's genius. Um, so yeah, know I've, what I've been up to. Well, yeah, yes, Jim, I do. What What have you been up to, Jim? Yeah. I mean, in 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 a absolute sharp um, spike of enthusiasm for Bloodstock, I started listening to Greed Lung. Oh yeah. And I think it's going to like segue me into like listening to all these absolutely on the nose stoner bands because it used to be like yeah. Corrosion of Conforming, Alabama Thunder Pussy. Now it's just yeah. like dope thrown. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, yeah. Green Lung. I won't keep you by banging on about it, but they sound like the Hammer Horror house band. Yes, you you've said I will check out Green. I have many friends who are big fans of Green Lung, so yeah, I will. Uh, I might have to give them a little bit of a little bit of an ear shufter. Yeah, man, it's pretty. It's tight shit, man. Yeah. All right, All right. cool. Uh, let's uh, let's leave it there then. So uh, good bleh. This up. Yeah, it's good bleh. Good bleh. Good bleh. Good bleh. It will now be our sign off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, go on then. I'll, I'll do that. So, like, thanks for thanks for listening for sticking with us. That if you if you're still there, if you're still there, <laughs> unless you fucking tuned out when I mentioned Weezer out there in Radio Land. <laughs> yeah. So we've got, we've got ourselves a Twitter. Uh, it's at Temple of Bleh B L E H. We've got one follower um, by the name of uh, Metal Yeti, Metal Yeti, who is not my mum. <laughs> so that's a big win so thank you to Metal Yeti thank you Metal Yeti for not being Jim's mom uh, I'm also on Twitter at Robert Jet spelled like Boba Fett not that I'm remotely remarkable or will answer anything I'm um, still not on Twitter yeah Raw is just in the stratosphere willing thing, willing messages upon you willing messages upon me yeah. yes that's what I'm doing yeah. alright so what was your sign off again uh, oh. just good bleh Good play. All right, good play, mate. Good play. Good play. <laughs> Ta-ra, good play. Good play. <laughs>